What's going on, coaches? Uh, we had an unbelievable time last night. We spent two hours with uh, Mac and Eric of the program, uh, and they went through, uh, talked. Eric talked a little bit about his journey, what he's been doing, how he started the program, and then um, Cap and Mac both took questions from you guys. Um, had some unbelievable questions, some questions from me. They answered those, uh, talked about their book, talked about what they do for programs, in, uh, Division One programs across the country. It was unbelievable. Um, obviously, uh, we, we had a blast and loved it. And so uh, that'll be available uh, on YouTube. It'll be available on our website uh, here in the next few days. Make sure you guys go and check that out if you missed it. It was really, really good. Um, but you can, you'll be able to find that on our website, runthepower.com. We also just went through walls, came down to Oklahoma. We got to, uh, get in the dojo and, and cut up some film. And so we actually just got some new, uh, videos and talking ball. We go through, we watch some film, of uh, some college teams uh, and break some of that stuff down with each other and, and kind of talk through some of those, uh, plays from different games. So think you guys are going to enjoy that. That's all up on our website, runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with John Konecki. Coach Konecki is the head coach at Crete Moni High School in San Diego, California. He's also the creator of High Speed Spread Football website with John G. Merrick and Terrence Banks some of our former podcast guests. Uh, listen as we talk to Coach Konecki about his unique football coaching experience with the U.S. women's team and the Swedish men's national team. We also talk about special plays, tricks, and how to improve your empty package. You can follow Coach Konecki on Twitter at ShotgunFBall. Hope you guys enjoy. Grew up on the uh, south side of Chicago, and I started playing football when I was a little kid. And uh, like most people, when you uh, start playing football, uh, you know, get to you don't get to leave the game on on your own uh, accord. And and I was uh, found out that I had spinal stenosis when I was in high school, uh, actually pretty early on. And so I ended up bruising my spinal cord twice. And uh, you know, I you know had a lot of unfulfilled things. Uh, by the way, you find out if you have spinal stenosis. A great way to find it out is by playing football. Uh, most people, you know, walking around with it wouldn't know. And, uh, that was, uh, I was retired. I went all the way to children's Memorial hospital and I ended up with a neurologist there who had just actually, you know, retired Jimbo covert. And he said, what do you, what do you think I'm going to do with you? I'm like, I, I, I understand. And, uh, from there, I, uh, you know, I, I dabbled in some other sports and, and nothing ever really, you know, caught my fancy as much as, as football did. And you know, I went to school and, uh, you know, I was like most people in my neighborhood, I was on a path to becoming a you know, a civil servant, whether it be a Chicago police officer, or a Chicago fireman. And, uh, you know, I made some decisions in, in my life and I decided to, uh, 
you know, going to the teaching profession. And I always loved coaching and I, and I coached, um, you know, you know, a little bit when I was still in high school and, and, and I, you know, I got caught the bug. And uh, when I, when I started teaching, I, I started coaching as a freshman coach and, uh, you know, I found out really quickly that uh, there was a lot of football that I didn't know. So then I started on a, a crazy journey of uh, let's see how I can, you know, maximize my, you know, my, my learning curve here in a very short period of time. So I started coaching football. Um, at the high school level, and then I started coaching football, uh, women's tackle football with Chicago Force, which is 11 on 11 tackle football, and it was kind of unique. And it and it led me to, uh, so I would coach in the fall with the boys, and I would coach in the spring with the women, and I ended up becoming the, uh, you know, through that the head coach of the U.S. women's national team in 2010, and uh, then I became the head coach of the Swedish men's national team, where I was they're flying me back and forth, and. Uh, all the while, I was still coaching at the high school and uh, that I'm currently at, which is Crete Moni High School. And then I, you know, got the, had the opportunity to be the head coach of the U.S. national team again in 2013 and won two uh, world championships there. And and from there, I was, you know, I was able to have the opportunity to coach football uh, in Australia uh, in 2017, and I was coaching the uh, women's national team there. So from 2007 to 2019, I've coached in 255 football games. Um, and I've been able to obviously do it in North America and Europe, uh, and then and then you know obviously in Australia, and it's been a, a whirlwind uh, experience, a lot of fun, and uh, definitely something where I was able to uh, you know maximize the you know, the time that I had, and thankfully I have an extremely supportive wife, uh, you know who who you know, was behind me all the way, and 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 let me uh, you know chase chase my dream of uh, coaching football. I was going to say sound extremely busy, but uh, the kind of the cool part is you don't have to deal with the uh, off season. I mean, you're, you're no, in that, season all the time. And so you're getting to have the, the best part of the job at all times. Yeah, that was actually, so that's the, that's was the best part of coaching uh, the Chicago force and, and uh, you know, in my high school um, was there was no off season. You know, I lifted with the kids and did all that. And I still do that stuff. But if I was learned something in the fall, and I wanted to install it in the spring. We were, we were installing in the spring. If I was learning something, you know, via clinicking, uh, then I installed it in the spring and I worked out the kinks and we were running in the fall. And through that, you know, we fell in love with running the, you know, uh, no huddle up tempo, uh, spread offense. And, uh, you know, and, you know, got after it, scored a ton of points and, and, you know, won a bunch of championships in 2012. We won a state championship with the boys here at Crete Money High School. And then 2013, we won a national championship with the Chicago force. And then uh, a world championship uh, with the U S women's national team. And, you know, in that time frame, and that was, you know, just a crazy example where we won, you know, there's 26 consecutive games and it never ended. Uh, and it was, uh, it was awesome. It was really an amazing, amazing experience. What is Coach Helmet? Go ahead, Walls. I was just going to say, you know, how much better you feel, you know, coach is getting or football is getting better, you know, nationwide and then obviously then worldwide, you know, how, how kind of far down the road do you think it is before we really start to see like a lot of these quote kind of international teams or maybe some of these, you know, expanding to, you know, the NFL or any of these professional leagues, maybe putting, you know, teams in some of these other areas because all of a sudden now they are becoming really good feeder programs for American football. Yeah, so I don't think we're far off, and and I think that you know uh, you're seeing more and more of that. Obviously, uh, you know they they play they play American football across you know across the world, and uh, they've been playing American football in Sweden since 
the you know the late 80s and, uh, and the same is true in Australia and uh, and so it's only a matter of time I think before you start seeing more and more we're seeing uh, some of the you know, some linemen in some different places uh, they play really good football um, and they're you know they understand it and you know it's a worldwide game and uh, you know Obviously, they don't necessarily have the nuances that we do have because you know it's it's our it's our game here, and 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 they're getting information second and third hand. And um, but I mean, the guys that I worked with, the coaches that I worked with, a bunch of those different stops. I mean, they were very bright. They they had a very good understanding of uh, the game of football, and they were teaching teaching it correctly. I will tell you that I think that you'll find most of the the international countries will will find the 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 linemen first, and because uh, I think they're. They're the easiest to identify and uh, probably the quickest, while they need a lot of skill, the quickest to get embedded within our game. Well, probably too. I mean, there's, there's, I don't, I, I don't know much about other sports, but there's only, there's only a few sports where a, a 6'4", 300 pound guy um, that that guy could play. I mean, I just think soccer, probably not, not a whole, maybe a couple baseball players. Um, and then, uh, basketball, you're probably too short, you know, if you're only six five, three hundred. So um, it, you're finding these guys that are still super athletes, but maybe don't fit in a position in another sport, but uh, would be unbelievable, uh, an unbelievable fit as an offensive lineman. Yeah, I, I would, t- I would tend to agree, and I think that's a great part about our game of football, and that that it's accepting of uh, you know all all different body types, and uh, you know, obviously. Uh, you know, being a, you know, a, a fat kid growing up, I mean, I was, I was so thankful that I found football because I wasn't fast enough to play any of the other sports. And then uh, I got on the football field. I'm like, well, this is it. This is where I'm at. And uh, I never looked back. And, you know, and, and to your you know, other point, you know, I mean, Australia, if you've, you've been paying attention to the football landscape, I mean, uh, we have a ton of Australian punters in the collegiate football right now. And those guys are, uh, they're, they're very, very good because they can kick lefty and they can kick righty because of their background in uh, Australian football. Coach, when you go when you go to some of those countries, you're like you living in in Sweden. You know how did that kind of operate? I mean, as far as you know, where you live, you know what what do, what do you have to do? Visas, all those. I'm always kind of interested. You know how that kind of works when you uh, you kind of go work in another country like that. Yeah. So they were actually so this at a unique situation. They were actually flying, you know, out for different camps. So I was uh, I had coaches in Sweden that I was working with, and they would fly me back and forth, in, you know, for the camps. Uh, and so that was a, that was a unique experience. That was, that was different. Um, so I've never actually lived in any of those, in any of those places for long periods of time. I mean, I just, you know, it's always kind of a visitor. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I can't really speak to that, but I will tell you that it was, uh, you know, learning how to, you know, to, to make it through, uh, you know, passport control and, and different countries, uh, you know, you find out really quickly that, you know, the world's a really big place and it's, uh, you know, it's not, <laughs> And not everything's like the United States, that's for sure. And I knew that obviously going into it, but you really get that, you know, kind of slapped in the face with that when you, when you step outside of the U.S. Coach, you, you mentioned, you know, you had the, um, the women's league as well, which I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't, I don't know that there even was a women's league uh, for football, especially that's been going on for years. Uh, is there, is there a big difference in, in uh, technique or, or maybe even, um, the way that you uh, develop an offense or a defense around having, uh, you know, different gendered athletes, or is it is it fairly rollover and and pretty similar to uh, working with the men that you work with? Yeah, uh, it's you know, so I coach. I'm coaching football players. Uh, I think that the you know uh, the biggest difference is is the learning curve. I've 
you say you're getting a, you know, adults uh, later on in life and you're, you have, you know, what I would express to the women that was like, we were taking you from the content knowledge of a, of a fifth grade boy, uh, you know, who just starts playing football and, and in three months I have to get you to become, you know, adapted uh, to become, to, you know, varsity level athlete. So, um, you know, I was able to run the same exact stuff and we were running, you know, obviously, you know, power and, and, and counter and, and trap and, you know, all of our perimeter screen game stuff and then no huddles and we were lighting people up. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, in, you've, you've seen some of the, you know, some of the players that, you know, I've coached, you've actually, you've seen and Jen Welter, who was the first coach for the Arizona Cardinals and then Katie Sowers, who was the assistant for the San Francisco 49ers. They were both on the U S national team in both 2010 and, and 2013. And so they came you know there were 64 there's actually 60 when we were, i was coaching there's like 64 or 65 uh you know women's teams in the united states uh you know last time i was you know still coaching on the women's side of things coach can you talk a little bit about you know your offensive system kind of you know how you break it down i know at every level you've been at obviously you know coaching whether it's the the women's national team your high school team you know sweden you've put up a lot of points you know kind of talk a little bit about your offensive philosophy you know playing with tempo and and being able to, to put some points on the board. Yeah. So for us, uh, you know, and I think tempo is kind of, you know, for many people, it's kind of, you know, it's not as vogue anymore, but I, I want to go as fast as humanly possible. I think that uh, if you ever get a chance, there's a fantastic book. It's all called on combat or on K killing by Lieutenant David Grossman. And he talks about the different conditions of performance based upon your, your heart rates. And so done a lot of studying in this area. And it, for me, it became, you know, something that I you know, became very passionate about. And, and ultimately we wanted to put our opponent in what's called condition black, which is, you know, we want to get them, their, their heart rate to be above 180 beats per minute. How do you know that happens? And, and you guys being offense line coaches and offense coordinators have also seen your, your own players being conditioned black when they said, Hey, I was screaming at the top of my lungs as a coach, you're saying this to an athlete. And they said, I did, I didn't hear you. Have you guys ever had that happen? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. You, right. I couldn't hear you. Like, there's no way. And I've called and I've run back the end zone camera. I'm like, the end zone camera is 53 yards away. Uh, it picked me up. How could you not? It's actually because they, their heart was so high that auditory exclusion took place. I'm going on a tangent, but um, we want to go as fast as humanly possible at the offense. And in part, because that I haven't been uh, some tremendous athletes, but I was only blessed with, you know, a really big offense alignment. So we want to get the ball as quickly on, uh, as possible on the, on the edge. And, uh, you know, we want to, we want to make you run sideline to sideline, just like, you know, a lot of the uh, earlier spread teams. And then, you know, attack the soft underbelly of the beast. Once you make the guys up, up front, uh, you know, when you see them sucking air, um, and, you know, again, we want to, you know, we want to push the tempo at all points of time. So we're going to practice that way. And, uh, and we're able to, you know, put up a lot of points, uh, because of that. I think obviously, uh, you know, I played in, in that style of an offense in college. I think that, uh, obviously some great things that, that the offense does, but I think that the, maybe the coolest part, uh, if you can say that about that offense is, is practice. I mean, practice was so much fun for me because we didn't, you know, at least Personally, we didn't really condition at the end, uh, and it was, wasn't was a super long practice, but it was whatever, two hours of football nonstop and going and not a whole lot of boring time at practice. It was a lot of just go, 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 go. And then when you got into the games, like you said, uh, if you could get a drive going, uh, the other team was gassed. Yeah. And that's always, yeah. And so I, I, I get bored very easily. Uh, so I, it's actually for me, that's the best way to run, best way to run a practice. Um, you know, you get kids at the end of the school day, three o'clock, you know, they sat through several hours of classes, you know, they're mentally fatigued. The last 
next thing I want to do is listen to somebody pontificate ball game that they've been playing a long period of time. So I've always just in the thought process of what we're going to do is very formulaic and we're going to go ahead and do it and we're going to run our segments and we're going to run our segments as quickly as possible so that when you get to a game, uh, the game's easy. And, and, you know, we've had a, had a lot of success here and, you know, we've, you know, we've won three separate state championships and uh, won one in 12 and runner up, runners up in 15 and 18 and in part, you know, because we've been able to take people to the, to the fourth quarter and, and, and they just can't, they can't hang. And, and, you know, we're able to, you know, necessarily have our way with them, but would exploit their weaknesses at that point and at, at those point in time in the games. How much, so, uh, how much are you put, do you guys put on, on your quarterback in that uh, up-tempo type offense? I mean, yeah. I've seen it from, <laughs> I've seen it, you know, to where, Coaches even will go as far to as those signal to the to the linemen and a different signal to everybody. And then I've seen the other end where they tell the quarterback everything, and he has to tell everyone everything and make every decision. Yeah, so it's a, it's varied. I would say that you know uh, most of the time I'm 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 making I'm making the calls. You know, and and we try to keep it to one or two words. Um, that means the same thing for everybody. Um, I have found that. There's a lot of great things out there. You know, you, you look at the single receiver side, you know, you have that gift, the front side gift, take that, you know, and, and what I have found is that like starts to cause quarterbacks to have sensory overload. Um, and I, the reality is I just need them to be able to play fast. And, um, you know, I always tell them like, I'll, you know, I'll, these are the things that we want to do. These are embedded, whether it's we're reading a, you know, five technique or a C gap defender, uh, if we're reading a corner. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that for us, it's the play is called and we'll check if we think that we're in a bad play, but by and large, you know, whatever the play is, is, is what we're going to run. And really, I, you know, I think I've, you know, I've heard people obviously on your podcast and other coaches say this, that, you know, we really, when we, when we get somebody on the ropes and I try to you know give the analogy of, you know, it's like an MMA fight. When you, when you put somebody, when you knock somebody down, the, you know, the mixed martial arts fighter doesn't say, Hey, let's slow up. You know, we want to really, we want to, you know, we want to keep hitting them and keep hitting them and keep, you know, and, until they're completely knocked out. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me, coach. I'm, I'm, I love the, the aggressive nature. And like you said, I mean, once, once you got them roped out, Hey, I'm, I'm taking the knockout shot too. I think it's, it, it's to me the, the funnest part of football. Um, Harp and I have been having pretty good debate and talking back and forth Had a really good conversation. Uh, but talking about like indie periods. So when you're, when you're practicing, you know, really fast or, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, I think having to work kind of the, the logistics of tempo out and having to work, you know, with many groups, how, how much time do you guys actually like devote to indie periods? Is that something you guys, you know, maybe you start off with quite a bit and then it deteriorates. I know, you know, for me, I, I've, I've started, I think, to do probably less than I've ever done in indie periods and doing more with, you know, group work with QBs, uh, being a receiver guy or doing stuff, you know, kind of, you know, as a team or against the defense. What, what's kind of your philosophy on that? Yeah, so it's on the front end. Early in the season, we're going to do more. As the season progresses, we'll do less. The offensive line are going to be on cans every day. I I, I stand by it. I think it is a it is a you know an amazing way to run through the different fronts. And you know, we only ran a handful of run plays, trap, counter, um, you know, uh, power in you know outside zone or, or the dash. Um, but yeah, I we don't spend as as the season progresses, we spend less and less time on the individual periods what we will do uh depending on the year and, and you know how much time my assistants and i have to devote to it is we try to uh create segments that are either things that we're doing really well or things that we would like to do really well 
Um, you know, for example, if we're, not, we're struggling with a perimeter screen game, we might then do the group teach where we're all running the perimeter screen game to try to get better at um, whatever the issue is collectively. Um, so I would say that as the season progresses, we spend less time on it. An old timer once told me, and it really stuck with me, that uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, it's assignment over technique, and that doesn't mean that we don't care about the details, but you know, did we get what we needed to get done? And and you know, I think that sometimes the individual period. Uh, can be belabored. I do believe that there's a point, but I, as, as the season progresses, I'm doing less and less of it. Coach, being a, an up-tempo team, I'm assuming you're talking about trap out of the gun. Uh, is that yes. correct? Okay, so yes. yeah. I, I have always, for the past four or five years, I've loved trap. I've watched a bunch of NFL teams do it out of the gun. I can't find a way to make it work or know the coaching points out of the gun. So I'm curious, how do you guys um, not necessarily rule that up, but but what are you looking for? Is there a key that you got to give your back to make him hit it quick enough to hit behind the trap? How are you installing that or putting that in? Because I think that it could be a great play for us because we do run a lot of like one back power. Uh, and so we can set up a three, but then I start seeing teams that move. I just always get too, always get scared. So how, how do you guys maybe install that or, or what are some rules or teaching points that you use in trap out of the gun? Yeah, so that's the you know the difficult part is you know making the you know getting the back to uh, you know have enough confidence that they're going to just run right up the you know the the, the midline of the center right and that's the biggest thing right they have to take off right now and and they just have to trust that it's going to be there and that you know, obviously the center blocks back and the you know the play side guard is going to kick the play side defensive end and the back side guards you know kicking the the two technique um, and the tackles are climbing uh, to the linebackers. Um, and so for us, we, that's really it. I mean, that's it's not anything more elaborate than that. Um, we're going to give you, you know, with a four, two look, we're going to give you a, a false read out of one of the play side guard. He's going to kick the, you know, the, the front backer four, one will have the play side guard climb to the mic and the two outside backers, or I'm sorry, the two tackles climb to the outside backers. Um, but for us, it's, you know, the, the, the back is really the key. The back has to hit that thing fast and they have to hit it right now and they can't stop and there's no bouncing and they have to you know take that ball from the quarterback and they have to just accelerate through the midline and there's no bouncing it otherwise otherwise that that doesn't work and i you know the same would be true for if you're running counter you, you know you're setting that you're setting that alley with the kick out uh the down blocks the same is true on trap you can't go outside of that alley you have to run up in it and then make the secondary cut off of uh you know the nearest linebacker I'm writing all this down <laughs> Coach, so is that – so you guys, do you so guys you, do two different traps? I mean, do you always do that influence with the guard pulling out? Do you guys ever do right. a show the double and then have guard tackle go up to linebackers? Is it only one way? How, how, are you, so, how do you do that? What if, what if yeah. you don't have a three technique? So, are you checking to the three? So we're going to – yeah, we're going to – yeah, so if we – see, we see a lot of two – we see a lot of two, double twos here. Um which is great because we can run either way. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, if it's, we want to, we want to, we want to take it to, you know, the three technique or, you know, the, the wide defensive tackle. Um, if it's a four, two box, we're going to influence with that play side guard. If it's a four, one box, uh, we're going to have the play side guard, uh, you know, climb to the mic backer. The mic. That's the, that's the difference there. Uh, versus the four two those tackles are going to climb to the two inside backers and those guys have to take flat steps they can't run to where those linebackers are at they have to run to where those linebackers are going to fill that one gets a little bit more convoluted four one is a much better look uh because that play side guard can you know you know uh, climb right now to that mike backer so he ends up then 
And hitting it, you're, you're talking because you're, you're saying you're taking the secondary cut off the outside linebacker. He's trying to cut behind the backside tackle, correct? Usually because he's going to push in kind of the mic by in that 4-2 so, look. Yeah, yes, correct, yes. Right, so, yeah, that's he's going to cut off of, of, of the near backer, yes. Okay. I love this. In an ideal too. world, we would, those guys wouldn't even be there. We'd have, we'd, have, we'd have climbed to him and cut him off. But, you know, that is always the case. So the other way that we're going to do some influencing with there is we're going to add some fly motion. We can also add, add some orbit motion to that as well. Um, and, you know, that's uh, something that we, uh, we've had a lot of success with, with running the fly sweep. Um, and you know, the great way to run it is also if you have a quarterback that can run, you can run, you know, jet sweep. And then if you're having some success with, you know, power read, you can also run trap with your quarterback up in there, depending on the front, obviously. Ooh, I like that. I haven't, I haven't heard or seen that, I don't think. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time in empty. I would say that, you know, so a lot of three by two, a lot of four by one. Um, and I really enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy running fly sweep. I enjoy running, you know, uh, you know, bash concepts. So you, you, you get back away, come back with, you know, the GT scheme. Um, I enjoy just running just straight, you know, fly counter. And then obviously, uh, you know, then you can do a whole bunch of other things off of that as well. Uh, getting quads four by one, and you can, you know, formation to the boundary or formation to the field and run that front side read and have your sweepers go and let's, uh, let's see what they do, uh, see what they're going to give us and, and, and attack accordingly. Uh, so, you know, last year we ran the ball as a spread team. We ran the ball 70% of the time. So we were, we had a lot of success running the ball. And in fact, the last two years we've rushed for uh, 3,500 and 3,200 yards, um, you know, respectively. So we've had a lot of success running the ball. As a spread, as an up-tempo, no-huddle spread offense, you know, for those people who think that you can't be physical, we've been, you know, tremendously physical with it and had a ton of, ton of success running the ball. With that fly sweep, are your linemen going towards the sweep, or, or do you have them going away from it? So we're going to run our fly sweep a lot like Northwestern runs their outside zone, and I don't know if you're familiar with that. A lot of people think it looks like pin and pull, but we're going to, you know, we're pulling, we're pulling uncovered linemen uh, in our outside zone. Uh, so if you're you're covered, you're locking on. If you're uncovered, you're pulling and you're skip pulling, and, and you're you're working up to the first vertical seam in the line that you can you can find, and you're and you're finding a hat to block. Um, so if we're going to run fly sweep, that's exactly how our guys would to the sweep side that they were they're going to pull and they're going to they're going to climb to the second level as quickly as possible. What's the timing then on the snap? Because that's always been the thing for me. Like when you, when you have guys pulling, I mean, that's all right. We, we, it it right. takes us a while. I mean, so we've always kind of been, you know, full zone. I, I love, you know, the, the action with, with the pin pull, but, you know, how do you guys kind of time that up then? Yeah, so that's going to take a lot of time. And that's always one of those contentions like, well, well you know, we, 2018. So I had some guys who could run. I mean, we have some guys who can run, but we have some guys who can run. And so that, that is, uh, it gets, it unfortunately becomes, I wish I could just give it, you know, uh, we try to tell them to snap it sometime before the tackle. Right. But I mean, and, and this, this is one of those gray areas. It's like, well, yeah, no, that guy's, that guy's a little bit faster. You, you're going to have to snap that earlier. And it really becomes uh, personnel based. And uh, you know, so we're trying to snap that ball somewhere about a yard outside of that tackle. And, you know, I don't even really delve too much into coach speak. I mean, it becomes kind of a, a gray area um, <laughs> at, because, because of the speed of the sweepers. Sometimes they're faster, sometimes they're slower. And I think everybody would say that, you know, who's being honest would say that that's, you know, an issue that they run into with their, you know, their own teams. And so that's something that, you know, we're constantly working with. And that's, uh, yeah, so I, don't, I wish I had a hard and fast answer, but that's the best answer. 
I can give you there. Somewhere about a yard outside of that tackle we're going to pull. That, yeah, makes, I, that makes complete sense, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I agree with you, too. It's the same thing. I mean, you, you hear the hard and fast rule, and then it's like you said, like, whoa, that guy's really – that guy is too fast. All right, we're gonna, hey, now when Johnny's running it, you make sure you have to snap for a little bit sooner. It seems like the kids figure it out faster than we do. Sure do. And that's one of those, yeah, and I don't, and I'm never going to tell a kid, Hey, slow down. Right. Like, uh, that's, you know, like, no, we want you to go as fast as possible. Um, and you really, for us, that's been a, it's been a, it's a, you know, the fly sweep is a, a nice compliment and the threat of the fly sweep, um, has, is definitely does some things to teams. We don't see a whole lot of, you know, uh, mo blitzes or blitzes off of motion. And, and it doesn't, and every now and again, you'll see some spinning, um, you know, just kind of inter- you know different ways that you can get into running the same exact things that you want to, and I think that that's always when game planning. That's always something that uh, you know I'm trying to do is figure out different ways to run the same exact play that I want to, and uh, and run it from you know with you know different personnel, and uh, you know while still trying to be as you know it goes fast as possible. Coach, I'd imagine you guys, you know, you spread them out, and then you're running the ball 70% of the time with a lot of success. I would have to imagine that some teams decide they're going to play you guys in man coverage. You know, what are some of your best answers for those teams that say, oh, man, they're going to spread it out. We're just going to try to try to lock people up. You know, yeah. How do you, how do you get them kind of to back out of that? So, yeah, that's uh, – well, I mean, I, I go to empty. I think that's the answer. To, for me, that's always the answer. Like, if that's what you want to do, then let's go to empty and let's – and then you have, you know, what are, what are we going to do from there? And then are you – if you're going to play everybody at the same level, that's, that's an issue for you. Um, you know, we've been blessed with guys who have a lot of speed. Um, so we're going to end up in, you know, we're going to put, you know, try to conflict people, you know, run rubbing routes. Um, we don't see this, you know, the past couple of years, we've seen more quarters and not, even, you know, not a whole lot of teams that want to, you know, lock up and, and try to run with us. Um, you know, when we do, we, you know, again, we, I think that, you know, we've run a lot of just, you know, crossing routes. One of our best concepts is a wheel post combo. And then we're going to, you know, if they're playing cover one, we're going to read the, you know, the near safety and, uh, you know, whatever that individual does, they're usually wrong. Um, we're able to protect it and, uh, you know, we get after it. I think then you also have some other things you can do. If somebody's going to try to lock on, you can flip, you can start flipping your formations as far as, you know, who's on and who's off and you can start with your different motions. Um, so we had more of that in, 2012 when we had Laquan Treadwell who was, who was drafted out of uh, Ole Miss and, and Lance Lenore who plays for the Dallas Cowboys. What we started to do with those guys um, is we would, you know, we put them in different spots. We put them in the three spot, put them in the two spot. We put them in the backfield of the F spot, motion them out and then, and then see what you were going to do as a, as a defense was concerned. And um, you know, we had a lot of success with those guys and uh you know, that was, you know, probably a season where we saw more of that because that was, you know, some teams answers to us because we were hurting them with, uh, you know, the perimeter game. And um, and then, you know, and at the end of the day, if anybody's running, you know, the spread, it still comes back to what are the numbers in the box and what are they doing and how can we attack it accordingly? Well, that's a good offense to have when you got two two skilled guys uh, <laughs> that are going to be in the NFL. Glad, well, glad, glad, yeah, you so here's... 20, glad you weren't 22 personnel and had one of them on yeah. the sideline. <laughs> yeah, so they were really good high school football players. And obviously, you know, I mean, yeah, that team, uh, we won a state championship in 2012. Where we, Niles Morgan was a starting middle linebacker at Notre Dame and Chris Slayton is playing for the Giants at Syracuse. And that's they all grew up in the same neighborhood. It's an anomaly. It should be an outlier, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, sort of story like how does that happen and uh, you know we knew we had really good football players that team we did win a state championship with uh, and that's you know but but those guys 
we were able to do some different things. And yeah, obviously we needed to win a state championship with that group of uh, young men. They were awesome to be around. And, and, you know, they also made me feel like I was a genius, like, Oh my gosh, whatever we want to do, we can do. And then, uh, you know, you, <laughs> you find out later, you're like, Oh my gosh, maybe the personnel had something to do with this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, but at least, like I said, that I've seen some teams that hide those guys uh, and, and, uh, you know, un, you know, because they've got their one way that they're going to do things. So um, at, at least you got them out on the field and, and you got the ball in their hands. I think that I've seen some teams yeah. that, that um, kind of screw themselves because, you know, they, they've got a certain way or they think a certain way football is supposed to be played at times. And, and instead of putting their, their best 11 out there, kind of married to one way and, and uh, really, really unfortunate for some of those teams. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think that that's, you know, that's a, yeah, that's a downside to, you know, some programs. And I, you know, I always uh, go back to that scene and, uh, uh, you know, the, the Apollo movie with Tom Hanks where they come in the room and they go, Hey, listen, uh, Apollo 13, they, they throw the, you know, the engineers throw the box on the table. And they go, this is what we have. Get them home. Um, right. Like, you know, I, that's how I look at football. Like these are the guys we have, right. What are we going to, what are we going to do to maximize, you know, our potential as far as our team is concerned. And so uh, one year we, in 2015, we ran a, we ran a two quarterback system where we ran a guy who was basically running the single wing. Um, he came in and he was our F and our, and our quarterback in air quotes. And then we had a guy who'd come in on second and third down. Uh, we wanted, wanted to throw the ball and, and, and people told me all year long, it's never going to work. Eventually people are going to figure it out. And I was, you know, standing in the state championship, like, well, no one has figured it out yet. Um, you know, we had, you know, we were, we were running power read encounter with, you know, the single wing quarterback. And when we brought in the other quarterback, we were throwing the ball over the yard. And, uh, you know, I threw, we threw just enough of the other guy to keep people's on people honest, but you know, we didn't really want to do that. And uh, you know, uh, you know, so I, to your point, when it comes to your personnel, I think you have to, you have to figure out a way as a coach to maximize it. That's really funny. We did the exact same thing here uh, a year ago. We ended up, we had a kid that was a gigantic six, five, really super fast quarterback that could throw good enough. And he came in and we ran a lot of quarterback, whatever we wanted to run with him. And then had another guy that he was our under center guy and, and took charge and threw some big play action plays. And it was, uh, again, kind of like you said, uh, everyone thought that it, it couldn't work, but found a way to get our best players out there, but still be able to be good in each situation and uh, had some really good players uh, out around them too. And uh, ended up uh, doing really well for us. Yeah. So and think about when, you know, in 2018, we had three different, well, we had five different kids play quarterback for us in 2018. We went back to the state championship again. And there were times where I put all three quarterbacks on the field. Now I did it because, you know, I just wanted to, right. And I knew that, you know, people scouted us, they would know that there was three quarterbacks on the field in it. And there was kids who could throw the ball well enough out there and it caused some people some issues. And you then can start, you know, messing around with, you know, some double passes and some different things that that group of individuals can do. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Football can be, you know, it can, and it should be fun. Like it should, like as a coach, like you should have as much fun as humanly possible with your creativity. And, you know, and, and if you're winning and your, your kids are having fun and it also keeps it fresh for the kids because they know that there's, you know, and I'm just not a knock on any system, but they know that, you know, they're not going to, you know, we're not going to show up and it's not going to be three yards of cloud of dust because three yards of cloud of dust is a super effective style of football. But, you know, there's other ways, in my opinion, that, you know, like, all right, well, 
we can get an empty. Let's get an empty. Let's get in a quads. Let's do this. You know, let's let's get in a lonesome pull cap. Let's you know, uh, let's just see what happens. Let's have some fun with it, and uh, let's do some triple spin with the you know the you know single wing, and 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 see where it, see where it takes you. And uh, and we've done it all. We've had a blast doing it. And I I think that the, you know, I know that our kids have a lot of fun, and I know that you know it becomes something that they want to be part of as as the season progresses. I like what you said about empty. You know, a couple of times, and I I think it's excellent versus a, a lot of teams like you said that that play man i mean there's so few teams that that we see in high school that you know that i feel like they could put five guys on the field that can legitimately cover guys i mean especially if you know you're well coached and it is kind of what you do um my question then is always kind of you know the protection how do you how do you guys protect it i know you know you study guys like urban meyer and urban meyer was always like hey when we five man protect i want to protect the quarterback's blind side you know, is, is that something where, you know, you'll have a few different calls in your five-man protection and empty? Or is that something where it's like, hey, man, we're going to teach one protection. It is what it is. We know where the hots are. We know where to go with the football, and let's just let it ride. So I try to keep everything. So I played offensive line. And so I, you know, what I hated was, uh, you know, trying to learn like a bazillion different things. Um, and, you know, all these different rules that somebody drew off and like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, so I try to keep it very simple. And uh, we're either going to half slide man it or we're going to, we're going to bob it, you know, big on big, uh, you know, out of empty. Um, we'll do some sprint out out of empty. So we'll bring somebody in motion who helps seal the C gap. Um, but, you know, by and large, that's you know, obviously where we're going to be with it. Um, and I, you know, I want to keep it simple for the kids. And uh, you know, it's not any secret when we're in that. That's you know what we're doing. And uh, you know, and I think you know when you're in that empty, if you're going to live in empty, if you're going to have some fun in empty, um, you better throw some screens because uh, invariably somebody's you know there's going to be a gasket blown. But since sometimes the defense thinks maybe maybe I wasn't supposed to be blocked and they stop. I mean, I know you guys have seen it like, and then defensive linemen stop, right. And start to retrace it. Like, no, that was a vertical pass. We actually just, you know, we blew the block, but you know, thank God we didn't tell that guy that. Uh, and uh, you know, so I, you know, I just try to keep it as simple as possible. Tap slide, man. Um, and you know, or, or big on big, depending on, you know, what you're, what you're going to give us from, from week in week out standpoint. Coach, I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, you talked about the cans and, and, how it was really big for your offensive line and, um, you know, making sure they're targeted, going to the right people, and, and, and I'm with you with that. Um, however, sometimes, especially with, with the offense of, of being a hurry-up offense, you get some of these crazy-looking defenses because, like you said, these guys are in um, – uh, I forget what you called it, stage black or, or – Condition or black. Condition, condition black. black, yeah. These defenses right, where they can't get guys black. off the field, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're yeah. looking over at their coach, and half of them are looking at him, and half of them are, are trying to find out where their mouthpieces are, and you guys are trying to snap it again. Um, how do Correct. You, how do you recreate that in practice for your guys? I've, I've – oh. we were at Houston, and I never thought we did just a great job of and and it was almost like we'd go so fast sometimes that it was a detriment because we hadn't worked that enough. How do you try to recreate that um, for your guys up front? You're talking about how do I try to recreate just you know the, the how fast we're going? No, the 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 defense not being fully. Well, prepared. the UFDs. I got gotcha. you. Yes. UFDs, unidentifiable flying defenses. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's um, it. Yeah. So you know. I, 
Yeah, that's some, yeah, that's some stuff you just got to sort out, right? And that's you know, um, and and honestly, when they end up in that situation, where we're just going to work our rules, um, and you know, whether it be the, you know the power game or the counter game or the you know the outside zone game, um, do you know that's a tough one because that's not something that looks like, or what if they do this um, sort of situation? Obviously, we get into that scenario. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, to be, I'll go back and I'll watch film. I'm like, oh my gosh, we probably shouldn't have run that play. Shouldn't have worked. But because guys are gassed, uh, it works because you know that you know that three technique that we did not block did not run up field and could have killed the whole play because he was you know sucking air. And if you ever really want to see a team suck air, run every run play to your boundary uh, and just <laughs> that's, keep right. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just keep going faster and faster and faster. It's great. Um, and then throw some tempo checks in it and watch the defense jump off sides and then everyone loses their mind. Um, <laughs> which I prefer. And if you ever get a chance, uh, you know, shifting is a lost art and shifting with the offensive line is really a lost art. Uh, so we do a lot of shifts with the offensive line, especially when you're going fast. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, it's unique to what we do. People try to emulate it and it's, it's not, you know, when I was in Australia, they, you know, they would tell me that it looked like, you know, we look, they look like meerkats popping up and looking at the sidelines. Um, but which we do, we did a lot of that, but we did it in a manner that people would, you know, sometimes they jump off sides, um, and, uh, you know, and shift the offensive line from you know, being tight and then you make them run out to the sidelines and defensive linemen run up field. And, uh, the rule is. If the you know, the officials deem that it was my intent to draw you off sides, then it's a false start. So that's always my pregame conversation, that it's not my intent to draw the defense off sides. Um, and therefore it's, <laughs> therefore, it's their opinion. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, yeah, when you're going fast, you can do a lot of different things. That's so what are, funny. That's, that's what not are my some intent. of those shifts? So, so shifts, yeah. So, so we're going to do where, you know, the center, you know, stays down and then, you know, you know, if the linemen are in two-point stances, they can move anywhere. Yeah. So then they'll pop up and, they'll, you know, in unison, they'll pop up and look to the sideline. They'll actually turn and look to the sidelines. And for whatever reason, that makes – sometimes that causes the defensive lineman to jump off sides. Um, then we'll do somewhere we'll be in a two-point and we'll snap down to a three-point stance. Um, or the guards will go down and the tackles will pop up. Or the guards, will, uh, the guards and tackles on both sides will sprint out towards the sidelines and just reset. Um, and, uh, and you know, what's great about that, that, that last one there where we, we get set and then we sprint out to the sidelines is that the defense doesn't move and they didn't move in a playoff game this year, throw a perimeter screen. Cause you have numbers right now. The defense actually stayed, you know, like solid, the twos stated twos and the fives lined up in my guards. I'm like, well, let's just throw jailbreak right now. Um, and you're ripping off huge, <laughs> you're ripping off huge plays. Uh, so you can do a lot of different things with, uh, you know, with the offensive line and uh you know shift everybody over for the center over and uh you know and, just, and see how they align have some fun with it right because that's at the end of the day um you know it's, otherwise it's boring uh and it's you know it's when it's unpredictable you're you know you're you're causing uh your defense coordinators nightmares and i always want to steal your practice time so not a, not only are we going to do a bunch of shifts and line up in the swinging gate i'm also going to kick a bunch of onsides and uh you know we're just going to have some fun with it uh and you got to prepare for all of it. Coach, one of my favorites is, is uh, getting a tight end uh, on one side and, and then shifting your tackle, your right tackle. Like, so if your tight end's on the right, shift your right tackle now over to the left side. And so now you've got an unbalanced 
but now the strength is to that side. But also your tight end, who's a tackle, uh, is still eligible to go out on a route. I think that really starts screwing with defenses. So I'm with you, Coach. I, I, I like uh, being able to shift those guys, but we don't have as many cool shifts as you guys. We only have one. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that's cool. Too. You know, like, so that's you start getting like almost like the unbalanced single wing looks and, and then, you know, people lose tight ends, uh, especially if that tight end kind of looks like a tackle. Um, you know, if he's got the same sort of build, I don't get a chance to run a whole lot of tight ends. I haven't been, I'm not necessarily blessed with a whole lot of tight end bodies. If I have tight ends, they're usually tackles and uh, my tackles probably look a little more like tight ends, but yeah, when it comes to the shifts, um, it just became something that, you know, it was, you know, mother necessity, you know, you know, invention is the mother of, uh, or however that goes, necessity is the mother of all invention. There you go. But it's also a great way for you to give a, give, give your offensive line a really just a blow, right? Like, Hey, let's do our tempo check here, you know, pop up, look to the sidelines. And the defense has got to stay in the stance. And then, you know, sometimes people get, you know, smart and then they'll say, we'll just stay in, you know, the defense will, you know, the line will just stay on their knee until we're done with our shifts. And it's like, all right, cool. We're just going to run a play right now while your knee's on the ground. Um, and, you know, it's something that we're watching upstairs and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It causes some people some consternation, but, uh, you know, and they definitely think that it's a gray area. But if you were to watch any, uh, you know, Notre Dame box video or the, you know, the Tulsa birdcage shift, all those things were happening back in the day and they're completely legal. Well, that's, uh, I don't remember what college team I watched, but they, they got into that a little bit. They were, they were, I'm sure it was LSU, but um, they're looking over at the sideline and uh, all the defense has stopped and everyone's looking at the sideline. And even with the quarterback to the sideline, he calls cut and then receiver goes and chunks it up to the receiver. It was, it was, uh, that was probably the first one I've seen in a while that did that. But like you said, if you get a defense that wants to, um, you know, not be keyed up during the, the look over, uh, it's a really easy thing I would assume to put in. It's yeah, it's super easy, and that's you know, it's yeah, it's it, and it, it, it takes some discipline on your part, and I think that it you know for me, it's just always trying to you know push the envelope of what you can do, and uh, you know maximizing you know uh, your offense, and you know it, it causes you know again when I first started coaching, I I was lucky to coach with some really great guys on the way out, so you know, I've been doing this for. 20 years. So I was, you know, I, when I first started, you know, there was a lot of guys that were, you know, they had a lot of gray hairs and I thankfully I don't see a lot of guys on the other sidelines that have a lot of gray hairs. I guess I have them now. Um, you know, cause those guys like, you know, they're like compasses or protractors. They had all the angles down, right. They'd seen more football and forgot more football than you ever knew. And, uh, you know, but those guys were, you know, beat it in my head that, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to steal, you know, your opponent's practice time and you need to do a lot of things to steal your opponent's practice time. And, uh, you know, that's, if I were going to give any young guy any advice, once you understand what it is that you're going to do in your system, figure out ways that you're going to, you know, cause that next opponent, um, some inordinate amount of practice time. Yeah. I, I like the idea behind all that stuff, just simply for the fact, I mean, it, I just think there's so many plays in a game, you know, where it's, it's a fourth and one, you know, you're, you're not, you're, maybe you're not backed up or you're down someplace where, you know, I can pick up a cheap first down or, you know, a chip, pick up a, a cheap tell or something like that. I just think there's, there's so many cool ways like that to, you know, and it's against a good team that maybe you, you can't, you know, ram the ball right down their throat or, you know, they've done a good job taking away screens, you know, having a different way to, you know, throw that little change up at them. I, I think, to me, that that says a lot about you know how well coached a team definitely is. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and those in those games, I mean, those have been you know in those tighter games when those things have happened, they've been huge, huge you know, uh, huge game changers for us. And uh, you know, 
you know, it's, it, and it, and it costs me no practice time, right? Like, you know, it costs me very little practice time once it's in, you know, the kids understand it and we know it and it's, you know, and then you, you know, we, we they run it starting in their freshman year. And, and so by the time they come to varsity, they understand it and uh, they're able to jump right in. Coach, if you're, you know, taking some chances and being aggressive on offense, I got to imagine too, you know, you, you try to marry up your defense, uh, your defensive strategy. And then I would also say probably, you know, your, your special team strategy with some of that. Do you find, you know, you, you play a little bit of the, you know, aggressiveness on the other sides of the ball and in those other two phases that you also have to kind of manage? Yeah. So, yeah, I run all the special teams. And so we're, you know, we're, we're hyper, we're hyper aggressive. We're hyper aggressive, especially on, on kickoffs. We actually, our kickoff team is, we call it our, it's our kick recover team. And, uh, so we're going to, we're going to kick, we're going to kick onsides. Um, you know, I, my thought process is, uh, one, I'm going to try to steal a possession and two, if I kick it deep, you're just going to get the ball back at the 40 anyways. Um, so might as well give myself a chance to get the ball back. Um, so yeah, I think that, you, you know, it's in all three phases, you have to be aggressive and, and that's, you know, and not a lot of people feel comfortable, uh, being aggressive in all three phases, but, at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I don't, that's kind of my nature. I'm not really somebody who's going to sit back and just, you know, kind of, you know, play not to lose. I did some of that early on in my career and um, it feel, I felt terrible about it. And I think I made some decisions early on. I'm like, that's, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never just going to sit back and just let football happen. Um, I'm going to try to, you know, maximize all of these different areas. And we spent a ton of time on special teams and um, you know, we, do a lot of different things on, you know, whether it's trying to block punts or, you know, in the return game. And obviously, you know, some things have changed in, you know, the return game. You can't, you know, blindside guys and some of the, you know, the rules that need to be changed. Um, so we're just, you know, trying to, you know, defensively want to, you know, we want to get guys up and want to get them, you know, get after it. And, and just like an offense, you want to take your shots in, in real prescribed times. And otherwise, you know, you're just letting the, you know, the offense just, you know, chunk you to death and you got to, you got to, you got to take them off rhythm. Um, and when all those things are married up, I think you have a, you know, definitely a successful season. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's been a huge part of our, our success here at Crete Morning High School uh, that, you know, we've been able to get all three phases of those things to be to working in concert. How many different onsides do you carry then coach? I know I've had, <laughs> I've had a chance to, you know, to listen to coach Kelly. I was hoping he was going to be at, at the TFC we were at in St. Louis. And then of course he, you know, he, he got invited to the Super Bowl, so we didn't get a chance to meet him. But I know, I know we, we've messed around with it a little bit, and, and I'm super intrigued by it because I, I'm the same way. I'm like you, man. I get, I get bored to practice. I want to have some, some things to do, and, and I want it to, the kickoff team to turn into a weapon. And, and, and just like you said, I mean, we, we face so many, you know, good return teams and good returners that if we're not kicking in the end zone, I mean, it's going to be, you know – it's going to be someplace. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, let's, let's have some. So I'm always fascinated to learn, you know, how many of these things do you kind of practice and work throughout the course of the year? Yeah, I think we'll probably carry like, uh, I don't know, five, five different onsides, but you know, we're, we're doing some, you know, we're doing some shifts with that. So one, you know, one guy's faking, another guy's coming through and kicking, one guy's faking, another guy's faking, another guy's coming through and kicking. You know, then we do some pop-up things where we bring in our, you know, some of our basketball players and, you know, to, you know, we try to pop it up and, you know, one that's a jump ball to, to go get it. And we do some slow rolls and some muddle huddle kicks five and five, of course. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, for us, you know, we're going to, you know, that's going to cause you some issues. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to try to find your, your weak link and, uh, 
So I would say we probably carried four or five, and you know, we were a lot. We had a lot of success with it this past season, and uh, you know, I, something that I want to continue to do. And if, and to, to your point, if I'm not kicking, if I don't have a guy who can kick it in the end zone, what's the point of kicking it? Because they're just gonna, you know, this is gonna be. You're just holding your breath and you know, hoping that somebody, you know, doesn't slip and fall. All lose their lane, and uh, you know I've, I've lost too many games or had too many games decided on you know you know poor field position. So that ends up um, you know falling right into what you know we do. And we and we practice it every day. We practice every day in the summer, and uh, we teach kids how to how to recover the ball. And uh, it's been something that we've had a lot of fun with. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, is is your kids get to really enjoy it? Um, and and we've gone I've gone down that rabbit hole a lot more uh, this year than I definitely ever have been of of making the stuff just as enjoyable as possible. Um, still getting your work in, but making parts of it as fun as you can because that's why they got into football and keeping kids out for football and making sure your your best athletes, your best football players are out playing football. Yeah, so football's a unique game. As you guys know, like, you know, so you can play, you know, depending where you're at in the United States, I mean, you can play a million baseball games and a million soccer games and a million basketball games, and that's awesome. And I'm really happy for those guys. But in a high school career, depending on the state you're in, so in my state, a kid gets 36 guaranteed games, right? Um, and you ask, we're asking kids to do a ton. And so there's very little return on investment. Um, so if they're not having fun, um, we're, we'll have a difficult time keeping kids out. And, uh, and that, you know, pushing the envelope is fun. Winning is obviously fun. Uh, but it also, you know, it also, you know, lets your kids know that, you know, we're, we're you know, I'm we're constantly thinking and we're constantly thinking of different ways to, you know, change yourself and make this more enjoy enjoyable. And, you know, so that it's not a grind and that, you know, that once game time's here, it's like, Oh my gosh, we're ready and prepared and uh, you know, have a ton of fun. And I think that's something that, you know, all football coaches, myself included, have to really you know fight with because otherwise it ends up with a situation where, you know, your kids are, you're, they're bored, you know, while playing the sport. And not to mention, and you've said it a couple of times too, you're bored as a coach, you know, I, right. if I'm going to coach and I'm going to spend all this time and I, I love football, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I mean, it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be enjoyable to come to work every single day. And, and what better way, you know, I think to, you know, to, to do that by like, Hey man, we're, we're going to be out here for two, two hours. Let's, let's do a few things that are going to be, you know, fun. Let's do some things that might be a little bit different. Let's do some things, you know, that, that piss off the other team a little bit because we know it's not going to be fun for them to, you know, to, to have to prepare for. So I think that part of the aspect too makes, makes coming into work, you know, fun because we're going to come up with a plan, a game plan. that's going to be creative and, and let's go get it. Yeah. It's uh, definitely, you know, one of those deals where, um, you know, no one said that this had, you know, this has to be, a, has to be a grind. Right. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with having fun at work. And, and in fact, it should be right. And at the end of the day, you know, um, and I, you know, I, it, we are. We it, it it's in our, it behooves us to ensure that we are keeping our kids engaged. Otherwise, and really, you know, we, we're as coaches, we're stewards of this game. We love this game. We want it to continue on, and it doesn't continue on if 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 kids aren't enjoying it because there are a lot of competing interests out there, and we have to do our best possible job to ensure that you know uh, the you know the young people that are participating in it are having as much fun as as possible. Well, Coach, it's been awesome and, and kind of rolling up now on an hour, a quick hour. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, what we, you know, the thing I always like to ask guys before we let them go um, is, is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? 
Yeah. Uh, when I'm watching an offensive line uh, and I see kids that are, are just finishing blocks and, and they're, and they're, you know, they're, and they're taking it to the echo of the whistle. You know, you know, that there's, there's something happening with, with that offensive line coach that he's, that he's doing a very good job. And, uh, you know, it's not often that I, you know, that I, it's something that I almost envy at times when you see it and you see kids that are just, they're just tough. They're hard nosed. They're, 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 you know, assignment driven. They're, they're unflappable. They do their job. Um, you know, those are the, you know, and I, that's for me, I, I'm looking for a group that's, you know, that's working in concert and then not only working in concert, I mean, you can tell from just the way that they play that they are enjoying the game and, and enjoying the game that, you know, because they're just playing it the way it was you know meant to be played. And, you know, they're, you know, they're pancaking people. They're not being dirty. They're just playing good, hard nosed football and, uh, and, and they're doing it in an effective and efficient way. Coach Ben. It's been a blast. Like Coach Harper said, it was it was fast and furious, kind of like uh, you know, how you guys play ball, man. It was uh, it was fun. Um, like I said, uh, I, I want to get up there sometime. I, I'd love to sit down with you. I think you know it's always fun to talk to guys. I think that that kind of think outside the box a little bit and and swim a, maybe against the current because you know to me that's how I think people grow as coaches and and grow the game and and not only that you know make make the game a little bit more interesting if we all did the exact same stuff it would awfully be awfully dang boring to watch so i appreciate you uh for having that kind of mindset and, and being able to share it with us for an hour man yeah well thanks so much for having me on you guys do a fantastic job i really appreciate it and uh you know have a, have a wonderful rest of the year all right brother appreciate you and that's gonna do it for this episode of rtp we want to again thank all of our sponsors you guys make sure and go check them out Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.